0: Better questions, better answers. What can I do for you? My name is Keith Ryan Dorson, and you're on the Insights Podcast. So the quote to start, because we like to start with positive thoughts here at Insights. The late great Dr. Stephen Covey said, quote, I am not a product of my circumstances, period. I am a product of my decisions. And with that kickoff quote, we are going to dive into better decisions, better questions lead to better answers. So the idea or the insights today are questions to make you think. So if you're driving, you'll be able to play this or it might be a handout available for you on the download section. But for now, better questions lead to better answers. So question number one, what will your company look like in three to five years? I mean, if you don't do anything that we know that answer is going to be quite ugly We know that if we do status quo and keep doing what we've been doing, it'll look similar because we're not insane. We're not expecting different results. So again, what will your company look like in three to five years? So some of you listening to this are like, I don't have a company. Well, then start one. If you're not running a small business or medium business or a large business in this day and age, you're overpaying your taxes. So you need to create value. I personally believe you were invented to invent. You were created to create. So you should be running a business. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Not all of us should be business owners. How dare you? Well, think about it for a second. You don't have to. A lot of us are awesome employees. And if you're an awesome employee, that's amazing. But from an efficiency point of view, and you're listening to this to get insights and to achieve and to have higher performance and standards, what will your company look like In three to five years, if you're running a business, what are you doing actively to improve it? Strategically, tactically, do you have a board of directors? Are you having a business coach? Are you using systems? What's your real estate look like? Your ownership levels, your measurement reports, your KPIs, key performance indices, your objective and key results, OKRs. So what will your business look like in three to five years? Is worth you sitting down at a Starbucks or the third place or wherever your quiet corner is under the shade tree and giving that thought some serious question. And I'm going to encourage you to do it specifically with a pen and some paper and a journal and or your iPad and or electric notes, whatever works for you. Have fun. All right. So that question could be armed and dangerous. I think it's a question you can use more than once. So it's a recyclable question. Next question. What is the best way to improve... Your company. So, yes, we have a mini vision when we think about your company three to five years in the future. But what is the great word? The best way to improve your company. And I'll imply in parentheses now, every company can be improved. We all have potential. Give that one while you're taking a break on the first question. Let's spend some time. What is the best way to improve your company now? That implies ownership and getting busy. Write down at least three actions and then let's sort them and triage them and come up with the very best way. And then let's implement it. So that will force you to focus. That'll force you to execute. And that's a good use of your life energy units and your time. All right, the next question I want to give credit to strategic coach Dan Sullivan. I learned this from him many, many years ago and it's been a powerful tool. I think it's a $64,000 question, one that will get a lot more mileage out of it. He said, and I quote, If we were to meet again five years from today, what exactly has had to have happened to you to be exceedingly happy with the results? What a great question. He is a thought leader. So thanks for Dan Sullivan. I'm just passing along a question that he invented on the Insights Podcast. If we were to meet again in five years from today, what exactly has had to have happened for you to be exceedingly happy with your results? Wow. What a powerful question. That one, I had you warm up on a couple of other questions first because that one is a showstopper. That is one that will change the direction of your life, change the direction of your company, change the direction of employees and the economy. It really is an awesome focusing question. So take the lens out and have some fun with that. Number four, another insight, another question. Are you a thought leader? Now, you know what thought leaders are. They're the ones that make a difference in the world. They're the ones that go, wow, I never really considered that. That's kind of cutting edge. That's kind of new. That's value adding. Massive value came out of that. Would you like to be a thought leader? Are you a thought leader? What are you going to do about thinking about becoming a thought leader? You're going to read. You're going to hang out with people smarter than you. You're going to begin the process. You're going to fail. You're going to pick yourself back up and continue Are you a thought leader? Are you hanging out with thought leaders? That is a question to consider. Next, how are you creating massive value for your centers of influence? So we've all heard the term or acronym COI, centers of influence. These are people that maybe know 250, 300, 500, 700 people that when they call, they go, oh, I'm happy to hear from you. It's like that old joke, E.F. Hutton, when he talks, we listen. Who are your centers of influence? they have leverage, they have connections, they have the speed of trust. What are you doing for them? So if you don't know the kids' names of your certified public accountant, you might want to get to know them better. Go in and learn what their needs are, what their challenges are, what their struggles are. Because we're all on this planet together and we all have our deals, our issues, our things we're working on. Get to know them and create massive value build trust, and your world will change for the better. Again, better questions, better answers. How can I address an unmet customer need? Now, I know there's a lot of questions so far, but each of these needs to be thought about, contemplated. Maybe you put this in your meditation process first thing in the morning. Maybe you jot these down in your noodle before you jump in the shower to think for this morning, the the new day. How can I address an unmet customer need? Are you that close with your customers? Do you know what they're thinking? Do you know what they're wondering about? Do you know what their needs are, their wants are? They won't know sometimes until you show them something and they go, that's great. Like Steve Jobs said, I don't like the the, uh, keypad. I need the pad out of my way. I don't need all these numbers and letters. So on the iPad, you'll notice it goes away. The screen disappears, comes back. He didn't know how to do that, but his smart engineers, software engineers did. He just knew it was kind of a nuisance. So what is a problem that people are irritated by? Sand in their flip-flops, belts that break, uh, collars that choke their dogs, whatever it is, go find out what their needs are. Go solve that problem. Because if you've solved it for more than three people, that's an opportunity waiting to happen. Next, how can I widen a competitive advantage or close a competitive gap? So what am I doing right as a business owner, as an individual, as an achiever that I want to even take further? What unique ability do I have that I can stretch and claim and protect with intellectual property? Or what gap do I have with a competitor that I can close? So think about your competition. You're like, that's a whole nother course. That's a whole nother series of books. There's a lot hiding. So what I'm giving you today in Insights is the tip of the iceberg. Better questions for better answers. Next one. How can I recharge emotionally? What do I do that gives me energy, that gives me juice, that gives me joy, that changes my state, that really lets me be at peak performance? What do I do that discharges that? So maybe I need to hang out with people because I've been home alone all day. Maybe I need to get away from people because I've been with people all day at the office. Maybe I need to stick my head in a good book. Maybe an old friend that's passed away because there's a lot of great intellectual property in a book. If you think about that for a second, I mean, 320 pages or whatever on an average book, nonfiction, somebody put their life energy units into that. They gave you their very, very best. And you in a few hours or a day or a couple of weeks can absorb and learn and get better because of reading. So reading might be a way you recharge. Maybe you're a professional reviewer and critic and you don't want to read. You need to go find a nice walk or go climb a mountain and get away just the opposite. So how we recharge emotionally will be different for each of us. Take some time to contemplate that and figure out who you are and what you need and what works for you. Because we're all a little bit different. And with a significant other, with a spouse, with a partner, it makes a lot of sense to figure out how they recharge because maybe you guys are similar enough that you recharge simultaneously, similarly doing the right things together. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's different. You have to go to your respective corners, charge up an income back and have fun. How do I take time regularly to think and read? So I'm a big believer that reading and thinking are fundamental. Now, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, a couple of famous names you probably realize, the sage of Omaha, Nebraska, and his partner for many, many, many years, they take about 80% of their time, and that's what they do. They read and they think. Now, that may not be for everybody, but it's worked for them. They're both worth significant net worth, and they have a lot of fun, and they live their life the way they want. Warren Buffett was one time critiqued for drinking Coke because he had Coca-Cola shares, and he said, look, if I want to spend 150 or 180 calories a day and have a cherry Coke with my granddaughter and a cheeseburger Dairy Queen, I'm going to do it. I think he makes a good point. So we shouldn't go crazy, but we are responsible for the decisions and how things turn out. So, How do I take time regularly to think and read? If you haven't taken time to do that, block off some time. You're responsible for your schedule. You're responsible for your life energy units. Feel the fire of accountability. What are you reading? Most people have reading stacks. They have good intentions. They might read the first chapter. They might jump ahead and read the last chapter, but books aren't getting read. And I know there's Kindles and there's iPods and there's paperbacks and there's technology and print-on-demand I think the world would be a better place and more high achievers are going to be developed by reading. So make it happen. Next, how do I take the time required to think about the big picture? Whatever the big picture is for you, whether it's the purpose of life, whether it's how your company is going to prosper, how you're going to scale, how you're going to exit, how you're going to have a big payday, how you're going to change the world by improving one little mousetrap, your version, while you're here. So, How do you take the time required to think about the big picture? Do you have that blocked off? Do you have a colleague? Do you have a partner? Do you have a friend? Do you have accountability? Do you have a coach, a mentor? There needs to be some big picture time. Next, how do I get a think week? And you're like, okay, that's a weird question. What in the world is a think week? Well, a think week is when you take an entire week off. I know it sounds unheard of right now because you're like, I haven't had a day off in fill in the blank, but to go think. And I'm not talking lay on the beach in Fiji. I'm not talking about just a vacation and you go play and unwind and relax and recharge and do whatever it is that does that for you. I'm talking about what you think. Maybe you're hanging out the library. Maybe you got your head in a good book. Maybe you're updating your business and marketing plan. Whatever it is for you when you are strategically and tactically thinking, you need to block it off. You're not going to accidentally go, well, I had a great think week last week. You're going to have to systematize that. You're going to have to make that real for you. Next, what is the essence of my business? I mean, if you're in business, you're solving problems. You're making customers happy. Jeff Bezos believes the essence of his business is customer service, that he absolutely obsesses on customers. He wants Amazon to be a 100%. Customers want what they want when they want it. They want to be able to exchange it. They want to be able to get what they want at a fair price etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's not obsessed with competition. He's obsessed with the customers. That is coming out of a thinking week. That's coming out of thinking about the big picture. He knows the essence of his business. We need to know the essence of our businesses and we need to have it so clear that we can delineate that, uniquely explain it. So if somebody said, hey, this is what my business is all about, you'll be able to be different than everybody else. Because if you ever want to do a fun exercise, take about five or six business owners, I've done this, put them in a room, have them write down what's unique about their business. Then after they think they've got it and they're all pretty happy and content, have them share it with somebody else and read it and see if their business is different than somebody else's business by asking the question, does anything that you just read on your neighbor's answer, anything you do? And the overlap is unbelievable. So take the time to make sure You know what the essence of your business is, what your mission statement is. All right, we're coming down to the wire. How do you resist the siren song of distraction? So in this day and age, there are so many things that distract the daylights out of us. The commercials, the interruptions, the buzzing, the dinging, the pinging, everything in our life. There's a lot of distractions. There's the time sucks at work. There's the things that just can drive you crazy. How do you resist that? You need a strategy. Do you have an open door policy? Do you have a closed door policy? When are you available? Do you have time focused? Do you have time blocked off? You need a system for that because the distractions are going to continue. Squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You get the idea. So let's think about saying no, because when you say no to others, you've actually said yes to you or yes to your family or yes to your business. So contemplate that question. And by the way, this is way too much to do in a week or two, so I don't know how often you're enjoying these podcasts, but take some time to work back through these. You might want to play this multiple times. Take two or three a week or one a day, and I think working through these questions will lead to better answers for you. Next, how do you hear what is not being said? Some people can hear Some people can listen, some people can active listen, some people can paraphrase. We're all at different skill sets when it comes to the fine art of listening and human communications. But how do you hear what is not being said? Because some of what we believe is not true. Do we read books that are outside of our norm just to get the different perspectives? How are we exercising both the left and the right hemisphere of our brain? How are we building this super highway back and forth between the left and right so we're balanced? So again, contemplate the question, how do you hear what is not being said? Do you have insights on people? Do you wish them well? Do you realize they all have their cross to bear, their burdens, they've got their stories? How do you do that? Give that some thought. Do you keep... A journal or journals, plural, an exercise journal, a reading journal, a wisdom journal. Huh, I wonder what that would look like. A life journal, an insights journal based on insights coming from a podcast like this, for example. If it's worth living, it's probably worth writing. Leonardo da Vinci kept a journal, Renaissance Man, you have a smartphone, so you should be way ahead in terms of capability of recording, capturing images, sounds, thoughts, writing on your phone, etc. cetera. So I'd suggest you keep a journal. Now the question is, what kind of journals and why? Do you get out in the field? Do you take your five W's and an H, or your who, what, when, why, where, and one H how with you, also known as a reporter's best friend, and get out there and observe? Because those people that are curious, those people that observe, those people that are creative are asking themselves better questions and generating better answers. And just because you have the question doesn't mean you'll have all the answers, but together, step by step, we will figure this out. And I have a personal theory that good answers come to more than one person on the planet simultaneously. Somebody moves on it. Somebody says that was my idea and I should have. And it happens all the time for a reason. So I think mother nature or systems develop ways to make sure that what has to come about comes about. What question are you trying to answer? What is a question that's just been burning in the back of your mind, the forefront of your mind, or in between that needs to be answered? Write it down. Play with it. Get some help on it. Take it to a mastermind group. Take it to a mentor. Take it to a coach. Work on it. If there's a question there, there's a reason it's there. So my question is, what question are you trying to answer? What is one thing you should begin doing today a skill, a habit, a challenge, something you're fearful of, something that should have been done a long time ago. So the question is, what is one thing you should begin doing immediately or today or right now? The correlation of that question, I think is just as powerful, if not more so, what is the one thing you should stop doing today forever? Stop it. Knock it off. It's someone else's task. Why are you doing their job? It's not your unique ability. Let it go. So what's one thing you should begin doing today? Lifelong learning, etc. cetera. What's one thing you should stop doing today, like fixing the copy machine? But you get the idea. And we'll finish up this week's podcast with how is your weekly schedule created? Because if you don't create your own schedule, if you don't create how you're going to use your Life energy unit. Someone will hand you a schedule and someone will tell you exactly what to do. Have an aha moment. Create your own schedule. Block it off. Figure out what you're committed to. Figure out when you're going to go to sleep. Figure out when you're going to get up in the morning. Figure out who you're going to serve and how. Do you have a master plan? The master plan might have some insights and some thoughts into your weekly schedule. And the last question for this podcast. In better questions lead to better answers, is do you work the vital few versus the trivial many? And yes, I'm referring to the 80 20 rule. Alfred Fredo, the Italian economist, who realized that if you had 10 pairs of shoes, eight of them you're not going to wear, two of the 10 you're going to wear 80% of the time. So we all have our favorites. There's certain things that make a difference. As we simplify. So again, are you working? Do you work the vital few or the trivial many? Because those people that are very successful are focused on the vital few. Their teams working on the vital few. The trivial many are those distractions that we referenced earlier. So that was a mirage of questions, but each one is worthy of your further consideration. Take some time with this. And again, it might take a week. It might take a month. It might take six months. You might want to revisit it every year because if you go through this, it's like sharpening the blade. It's like continuing education. Abraham Lincoln was once asked, what would he do if he had to cut down a lot of trees in the forest? And his question was, how long do I have? And they said six hours. He said, okay. So I'm assuming I've got an ax and I'm assuming my job is to take down these trees for firewood or whatever the case is. The first four hours out of six, I'm going to sharpen my blade. I'm going to make sure that when I get cutting, I'm going to beat the other guy who's going to go whack, whack, whack for five or six hours and not even going to finish the task because his blade is dull. These questions are designed to get you to think. Hope you appreciate the insights. Thanks for being here. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. No information included is intended to substitute specific individualized advice in any life matter, including tax, estate, legal, financial, medical, or otherwise. We recommend that you discuss your specific situation with your team of qualified professionals. No information voiced here should be taken as a guarantee or promise of future financial performance. Financial information discussed in this podcast should not be used for decision-making purposes as it may not apply to your specific situation. No investment is suitable for all investors and all investments carry risk. Please consult with your financial advisor before making financial decisions. The speakers in this podcast are not compensated. You are not obligated to use the services of any of the entities referenced and may choose any qualified professional to provide professional services. Securities and advisor services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial planning offered through Wise World Investment Planning, a registered investment advisor, and a separate entity from LPL Financial.